Welcome. You're listening to sermons and talks from Providence Church in Brisbane. We believe that God speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. So we pray that as you listen, you'll be encouraged and challenged to love Jesus and live for Him. For more information about Providence Church, please visit our website, www.providencechurch.com. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, on page 836. God's final word, his son. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, and many times, and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his wonderful, powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for uh, speaking to us, that we have uh, the living word in front of us, that we can learn more about you, know who you are, your character, your goodness, and your your glory. And we do pray, Lord, as we uh, dig into it this morning, Lord, that you will, by your spirit, move our hearts uh, to, to know you deeper, but to also live uh, in response to you, knowing that our sin has been forgiven, knowing that we can come to you because of the Son, because of Jesus, who uh, purified our sins for us. So I do pray, Lord, as we come before your word today, help us to come with reverence and humility, uh, with a posture that, that desires to hear your words and, and to listen to them. We do pray for this now in your son's name. Amen. Uh, I, I came across an interview with a guy called Guillaume Chaslot, uh, and he said these words, fiction is outperforming reality. Now, this guy, Guillaume, uh, we'll get to this slide in a second. Uh, he worked for, for YouTube, and he uh, designed the algorithms that recommended um, that recommend videos to you. So he's the guy who designed the algorithms on YouTube that recommends videos. You know how you watch a video, and then the next video gets recommended on YouTube? You guys use YouTube, right? Yep, nods. Good. And so that's what happens. He designed that. And he says, fiction is outperforming reality. Uh, and, and so you know, social media, YouTube, uh, it shows us what we think we want to watch. And, it, and what it actually does, though, when it gives you those recommended videos, it actually uh, finds the, the, the nearest rabbit hole that you can go down, uh, rabbit holes that are closest to your interest. Uh, and then when you start watching one of those videos, uh, it takes you down that rabbit hole. It'll recommend to you videos again and again and again. It's what the system does. He designed that. It has huge impacts, he says. Uh, if you look at our world today, fake news is a big problem in our world. Social media, Messenger, WhatsApp, WeChat, Weibo, YouTube, whatever else, wherever you get your information from, we have to be careful, don't we? We have to be careful about where, uh, what we're reading and what is true and helpful. Uh, and, and, and it's why we've seen a rise in conspiracy theories in the last few years. I don't know if you noticed that there has been a rise in conspiracy theories. Now, that's why we have this slide. Uh, this is a, an article that came out. U.S. basketball star apologizes for spreading flat earth conspiracy theory. That's Kari Irving. He plays for the Brooklyn Nets. If you uh, don't know basketball, that's okay. He's a superstar. Uh, in 2017, he was in an interview and he said in a very matter-of-fact way that the earth was flat. And everyone who teaches you otherwise is lying to you. Now, this guy is very influential and he's telling everyone the earth is flat. And it, it was like, what in the world? And, and all the science teachers around the world are like, why are you telling out, you know, the children this? 
this narrative of the world is flat. 2018, he comes out in an interview and he says, I was wrong. I was wrong. He apologized. His, uh, you know, um, he, he came out of that saying, he said this, he said, I watched a whole bunch of Instagram videos, oh, YouTube videos, and, and having wandered deep down a rabbit hole, uh, um, at the time, I was huge into conspiracies and everybody's been there. At the time, you're like innocent in it, but you realize the effect of the power of voice, right? So he goes down that rabbit hole of YouTube, finds all these flat earth, you know, advocates telling him that the earth is flat, and he goes out and tell, tells everyone else about it. Fake news, algorithms. This guy, Guillaume Chislot, right? Chislot? Guillaume Chislot, who designed the algorithm, said this. It might seem like a few stupid people believing in conspiracy theories, but the algorithms are getting smarter and smarter. Today, it might be convincing a few people that the world is flat, but tomorrow, they'll be convincing you of something that is false. Whoa, so powerful. Gives me chills. Now, hopefully, no one in this room is a flat earth advocate. Hopefully. But isn't it true that there are various voices we, we'd all choose to listen to? The algorithms and the fake news has led to major implications in the world like skewed election votes, you know, large-scale riots, protests, because false information is being spread. There is so much fake news out there, and it's so hard, isn't it? How many of you had parents who have sent you messages telling you about some fake news they read and telling you to be careful and, and lock your doors and, and don't go out, don't see anyone, and, and all that sort of stuff because they're worried for you because of the fake news they've read? It's everywhere, and it's so tricky, even for us, Right, because those vloggers, those podcast hosts, all those people that we are, are so influential, those who have the loudest voices, they seem to be so convincing. They seem to, to be so relatable. They've got to be right, right? The mentors in our life, people we look up to, celebrities, even authors of books, people who have amassed millions of followers, they have a platform to speak. And sometimes they say, they say things that sounds really appealing to our ears and our hearts. And because their voice is so loud and the comments are all in agreement, it's so easy to start thinking and believing and being fed from, from, from them, being fed that narrative. It might not be the rabbit holes on YouTube, but who are the voices that you're listening to in this world? Is, is it Oprah? Is it Jordan Peterson, Tony Robbins, Joe Rogan, right? social media influencers? What if we were to listen to God? What kind of difference would that make in your life if you were shaped by God's voice and his word for you? You can, you can take it off the screen. Uh, we, we spent four weeks uh, thinking about work and how the idea of, of the hustle right, shapes our culture, thinking, uh, thinking about how damaging it is for our very souls. But today I want to keep thinking about our culture around us. While there is so much fake news and, and people's opinions on how to do life, today I want us to come to book before Jesus and see that he is the greater word for our lives. And we're going to see that by seeing that he's the greater prophet that God has sent. Let's look at these verses again in Hebrews. Uh, keep your Bibles open at these four verses. I'm going to unpack it for us. Verse 1, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. All right, the first thing I want us to, to glean is God is a speaking God. He communicates with his creation. He communicates with you and, and with me. Uh, this might be something you've, you've just taken for granted. Uh, if you are someone who's uh, a Christian who 
who grew up as a Christian, that we believe in a God that speaks to us, but uh, there are people who believe in gods that don't speak to them. There are, there are people who, who, who worship gods made of wood and, and, and stone, and, and they're mute idols. Yet here it's very explicit. Our God speaks. How did he speak? Well, while we use our mouths and our voices, we're told in the past he spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. Right? So in the past, uh, particularly in the Old Testament, if you read the Old Testament, the prophets were his ambassadors, his mouthpiece, his representatives. Real people who walked this earth once upon a time, given messages from God to communicate and relay it to people. Uh, and you can imagine this a bit like a, like a Bluetooth speaker, right? If you, you guys use a Bluetooth speaker at home. Some of you guys, are UE Boom, J, uh, JBL, whatever, whatever brand you use, uh, you connect your phone to your Bluetooth speaker, your device, whatever it is, and you play your music or your podcast or whatever from your device, and it plays through the Bluetooth speaker, right? You can be in a different room, and the Bluetooth speaker will be playing your song. God's word comes through the prophets, like, sort of, like a Bluetooth speaker, right? God can speak from where he is, the, the heavens, you could say, and, and he is both in and outside of our timeline, and he brings that message to, to human Bluetooth speakers. It's not working, is it? Um, but he relays that message, right, to, to us on earth in the present. That's the God we know. He speaks, and he speaks through people. Now, let's be clear. These prophets weren't robots or machines like Bluetooth speakers, but they were human beings who had their own voice and their own personality. Uh, But they were the prophets that God chose to bring the words of God to the people. In many ways, they were understood to be people who bring God to the people. Right? They were revealing God to the people. They had an important role amongst uh, God's people in the Old Testament. And so on my next slide, Psalm 105, it says this, uh, verse 15. Psalm 105, verse 15. Is it there? No, it's not there. Uh, It says this, Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Right? uh, That's all it says in 105, verse 15. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. I, I want us to see that, that these prophets were called the anointed ones. To be anointed was to be set apart from everyone else, set apart to be holy people, chosen by God. Like uh, priests in the Old Testament, they were, their role was to bring people to God. The kings were set apart to bring peace to the kingdom, and the prophets were, were set apart in their role to bring God to the people. Right? Priests to bring people to God. I'm simplifying this, but kings to bring peace and, and um, prophets to bring God to the people. Now, if you go back to our verses that we're looking at, Hebrews chapter 1, we read that God spoke through the prophets at many times in various ways. As we trace the history of the uh, Old Testament, the Israel and Old Testament, we see this played out, don't we? There were different prophets that were raised up at different times who spoke to God's people in different ways. You can go back as far as uh, the Exodus in uh, uh, where, where Israel was under slavery in Egypt, the story of Moses, if you know that, uh, he was raised up to play the part of prophet in many ways, telling the people how to live under God's laws and the promise that they'll be entering the promised lands. So he was telling them about God and God's promises. Later on in Judges, you'll read about a, a woman called Deborah. Uh, during her time, she taught she would prophesy. She shares about God's strength against the enemy and gave comfort to the people. She brought God to the people. 
Elijah in the book of Kings uh, remind the people that God is compassionate, loving, and merciful. Jonah was a prophet to show the people that God cared about the nations outside of Israel as well. And then you've got the major prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. He's all in your Old Testament. Uh, to warn the people of their sin and to turn away in repentance. They were all given messages to bring to the people from God. They were God's mouthpiece to share his character, his goodness, his justice, and his desire to see his people return to him and have a relationship with him. The prophets in the Old Testament brought God to the people. And so we have this in Hebrews. It begins, in the past God spoke through the prophets at many times in various ways. Different people, men and women, chosen by God, set apart, anointed to be the voice of God to the people, to bring his truths to the world. Now, while that happened in the past, there was a problem with it. There's a reason why so much of the Old Testament is taken up by the prophets. There's a reason why the scriptures, scriptures that we have are filled with warnings and words from God. Because no one listened. No one, story of my life, no one listened, right? But, but, but well, I, well, sometimes I feel like no one listens to me. It's a huge, massive problem when it comes to God. The prophets were the mouthpiece of God, and so when the people rejected the prophets, they were rejecting God. And by rejecting God's words for them, they were rejecting, essentially, Him, a relationship with Him. Think about it. If I would have a friendship with you, but every time I spoke to you, you were scrolling your phone, and you never responded to me, you grunted at everything I said, you were disrespectful and dismissive. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? How do you think I'd feel? What would that say about our friendship? If you just ignored me, well, there really isn't a friendship there, is there? Imagine if I did that to my wife, my, my wife Heidi. I could tell you, if I did something like that to her, man, we'd be booked into a marriage counseling session the next week, right? Or she'd just leave me. Honestly, what kind of relationship would that be if I was just dismissive, disrespectful towards her? While we ignore and reject God's words, we disconnect uh, when we do it, we disconnect ourselves from him. The relationship with God is broken. And when that relationship is broken, you're disconnected from the God who not only gave you life, but is the source of good and joy and purpose and meaning. You see, this rejection of God in our pride and in our selfishness and dismissing his words and, and choosing to shut out his voice in our lives, that's at the heart of what we as Christians call sin. That's sin. It's an outward sign of, of sin that separates us from God and results in that broken relationship with Him. That's what our sin does. It separates us from the Creator and the one who gives us meaning and love. Without God, we have to figure out, don't we, purpose. We have to figure out where do we find love in this world. We have to figure out where joy is to be had. And many friends I know who don't believe in God, they have to just hold on to the idea that if I'm just happy, that's enough. My life is fulfilled. And wow, it, it is so shallow at times. We just have to live with that fact that this is all that there is. And we're just a product of chance, molecules, atoms that have no real reason for existence. That's the reality for many who choose to reject the idea of God and his voice in their lives. If you were God, what would you do with someone who was rude and dismissive and rebellious towards you? Right, some of us read a lot of self-help books, and what do they tell you? 
They say, cut out the negativity in your life. If someone's around you is, is, is toxic and giving you negative vibes, cut them off. You don't need that type of uh, relationship in your life, that type of friendship. That's unhealthy. Imagine if God treated us like that, took that advice. If we were to ever be in God's presence, he'd be disgusted by us, by our sin, by our pride, by our selfishness, by our imperfections. We're all imperfect. And he's the holy, perfect God. It's only right that he should cut us out, cut us out of his life. Yet, that's not what happens, is it? God doesn't give up on his people. He, in his love and his grace, desired his people to know him because he wants to see people know the truth and love and joy in him. He wants us to have good in our lives. He desires his creation to be restored to him because he is the source of good. And so he fixes the problem. What do we read again in Hebrews 1? In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by who? By his son whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. God could have sat back and let humanity go down the toilet. Right? He could have just let humanity go, go to crap. But he doesn't, does he? He sends one last person, a greater prophet, his very own son. We know who that is, right? It's Jesus. Uh, in Mark's Gospel, in the New Testament, or the Bible, it says this. Have we got these slides? Mark 1, verse 11, 9 to 11. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am very well pleased. Jesus is not one that God is going to reject. Jesus is the one that God is in a relationship with, the Son of God, the triune God, God himself incarnate, right? In Jesus, God is very well pleased. When Jesus went up a mountain too, later on uh, in Mark's Gospel with um, Peter, James, and John, his disciples, uh, we know this moment as the transfiguration, if you know your Bibles. In Mark 9, what happens is this. A cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my Son, whom I love. Listen to him. See, God actually steps in to restore the broken relationship with us. And it's in his son, Jesus, where he does that. He is the greater prophet. He is the Christ, which means anointed one. But you know what? He's not just a greater prophet. He's the son of God. He's not just a human being. He's also the, the, the divine one. He's God himself. When he enters into our world, he in fact brings God to this world in his wholeness. Christmas time is to remember that time that God entered into our world. God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. And Hebrews reminds us of this truth that this Son is divine. That it was through God's Son that the whole universe was made. Remember verse 2, In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Go back to Genesis. Remember how the world was created? It was created through God's Word. Remember, God said, let there be light. And there was light. He said it, and it came into being. His words created the world. Right? He wasn't using his hands to shape and mold clay. He wasn't building Lego. He's God. He just speaks, and it comes into existence. It was through that, his word, that the universe was made. Hebrews here says it was through the sun the universe was made. 
How does that, how does that, how do we reconcile that? He says, let there be light. Hebrews says, it was through his son that the universe was made. Well, let's go to John's gospel. Let's draw the dots. Let's just join the dots. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In John's gospel, it starts off like this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The word was with God, and the word created all things. Verse 14, go down chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God is in closest, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. The word was with God in the beginning. The word became flesh. The word was the Son. Jesus was there at creation. Jesus was there speaking the world into existence. He is the word of God who made the universe. That's his role that he plays in, in the creation narrative. The voice of God, the word of God becomes flesh. And John tells us at Christmas time, that word becomes uh, uh, born to us. Re he reveals God to us. Jesus is the greater prophet because he is the greater word that has always existed, even there at creation, who created us. He's more than just some human born into the world in the past. He's the word that has always existed. And while the world will go on rejecting God's word, just like the prophets of the past were ignored, Jesus comes with the power and glory. He, he comes into a world and he did heal the sick. He did give sight to the blind. He did bring people even back from the dead. He brought God and God's word and revealed it to people. But even more so, he did something no other prophet could do. He fixed the problem. He dealt with humanity's sin by giving his very own life in place of ours. See, Jesus did die on a Roman cross those thousands of years ago. This isn't some fairy tale. Roman records will tell us a guy called Jesus hung on a cross between two criminals 2,000 years ago. And there were witnesses there when it happened. But when you think about the words that were recorded in the gospel narratives for us in the Bible, what were the words that Jesus cried out when he hung on the cross? He says, it is finished. While you think, uh, while you could think that he's talking about his life, oh, my life is finished, it's so much more than that. Because his story doesn't finish at his death on the cross. Three, day later, three days later, he resurrects, doesn't he? But the words, it is finished, is a reference to humanity, to you and to me, and to our sin. They're words said for us. The words, uh, the work has been done to save humankind from our sin. It has been fixed. The work of redemption is finished when the word of God himself, as powerful as he is, can bring the universe into being, is the same word that hangs on a Roman cross to die for the sin of the world. And so when we put our faith in Jesus, when we put our trust in the one who enters our world to show us God, we're brought back into a relationship with God himself, reconciled, restored. What has been broken is, is now fixed. You see, the prophets were given in the Old Testament to tell the people to come back to God, to reveal God's power and justice and mercy and presence. Jesus did all that and more. He himself became the very channel by which we can approach God, which means we don't need prophets anymore. Jesus is the final and ultimate revelation of God. No one is going to show you or reveal God to you more than Jesus already has, as we read in the words of the Bible. And as a side note, right, this is really important to hear. If you ever find yourself 
in a church where the pastor says, I'm going to give you a prophecy today. Whew. If he's sharing something that isn't in line with Jesus' teaching, but is just something that he came up with that morning, I'm going to share with you something, and it's just his opinion, and he puts a Christian spin on it, and, and it sounds good and it feels good, it doesn't mean that it's always good. If, that, if, if you find yourself in that position, run, run far away. God doesn't need human prophets when he's already sent his one and only son to reveal himself to us. All we need now for prophecy is what's in the words of our Bible. Now, some people define prophecy difference. It's a teaching of Jesus to people. That's fine. But when it's merely a human being's perspective on life and telling you that this is God's word to him, to you, man, you've got to question that. Alarm bell should be ringing. God has already been revealed to us in Jesus. Let's bring it all together and consider this. If that is true, if the God who created you, who loves you and has provided you, uh, provided you the means by which you can reconnect and have a restored relationship with God through sacrificing his own life for yours, are you able to see his goodness and love for you? Do you trust him? And if you can, like, you, are you able to trust his words if you believe that? If this God who is so good has died and given his life, will you hear his voice? Will you listen? Will you, in your faith, steer the course of your life in the direction he's called you to live? Trusting that the one who has created you, who knows your very soul, who loves you, who has secured eternal life for you, wants the best for you in this life and in this broken world. You see, the voices of this world are so loud sometimes. And those voices, they clash with God's word often. And when they clash, it's so easy to succumb to the pressure of them and tell ourselves lies. We tell ourselves that God's word isn't good. It's not worthy to be listened to. God doesn't understand me. He doesn't know what's best for me. I'll listen instead to the voices around me. We'll take that whole, um, it's a very new age catchphrase, listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. It's a song, right? As, as if your heart is pure. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know I was going to sing that. Uh, as if our heart is pure and, and, and more trustworthy than God himself. But is it? I know my heart lies to me all the time. It's selfish, it's proud, it hides in shame when I stuff up. It's constantly anxious and always discontent, never feeling satisfied. Listen to my heart. Why? When, saints, when sin stains my heart. When my heart deceives and leads me to make foolish decisions like fall into love with the wrong person or, or gamble my money away on speculative investment opportunities or my heart wants things and leads me into messy situations, why? Listen to my heart. Uh, yet we know that, that the social media influences, the podcast hosts, the vloggers, the celebrities, the media, the advertising, the, the, the friends around us, they'll tell you, listen to your hearts. They're the, they're the ones who have the loudest voices. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's true, isn't it? What they're saying is actually what we always do. We don't listen to anyone more than we listen to ourselves. Some listen to their logic. Others listen to their feelings. All of us in the room, we're often led by our hearts. And, and our hearts say, hey, listen up. You want life? I'll show you where life is found. Follow me. Follow your heart. While, while some people get caught up in conspiracy theories and the lies of the world, we're all guilty of getting caught up in listening to the lies of our sinful hearts. 
You see, the reality is the voices that surround us say that life is found in materialism, in popularity, in more wealth, in more sex, always reminding us that what we have isn't enough. It breeds a discontentment in our hearts. Friends, we need Jesus. We need to listen to God's voice through his word, through the scriptures, so we can hear where life is truly found. So we can have that mirror of truth that sees into our very souls and expose the li- exposes the lies that we're, that we're so entangled in. I mean, it's so important to come to the scriptures each day in our daily devotion to God. It's so important to come to church like you are today to, to hear the scriptures taught and explained. It's so important to come together in community and to read the Bible and study it and apply it in our lives. We need his word to discern our reality around us. We need the church community to point us back to Jesus and to speak truth into our lives when we're struggling, when we're blinded by the world's shallow and false promises. We need to understand truth, God's word, in a world of fake news and conspiracies. It's there you'll find comfort. It's there you'll find safety. It's there your shame and anxieties will be put to ease. It's there your souls will be refreshed. Nothing else is going to last. Everything else is going to fade. But his word will stand forever. Jesus will stand forever. Jesus is the only way to God, to know God, and it's only through him that we'll have eternal life and the freedom our restless hearts all long for. So that the truth, so that the truth has, has come, and, and see that the truth has come, and it's come in Jesus, who says, trust me and follow me, and through him you can have eternal life. There might be people in the room still, or, or you might have friends who aren't Christians. And I really want us to think about how we can speak these truths into their lives, understand, uh, how, understand how to uh, approach this, this, this topic. Uh, the reality is all of us, we don't grow up in a void, do we? we, don't, we yes, we might start as a blank slate. We're born into sin, but we start as a blank slate. But consider how many of our thoughts and our values and our opinions are shaped by the culture around us. What our society says is normal. What our family says is normal. What the movie and media on TV says is normal. And those voices will sound so different, right? For, for some of us who grow up in the, in the affluent West and some of us who might grow up in the poverty-stricken slums of Southeast Asia. Those voices are going to be very different. We all don't grow up in a void. We all have voices speaking to us from a very young age, shaping us, molding us, helping us form our opinions. But did you ever consider this? The voices that shape us, those, uh, those voices that we hear all our lives are just human beings trying to figure it out just like the rest of us. Flawed, imperfect humans who's, uh, who, who think their opinions are always right. <laughs> they too have been shaped by the culture around them. We're all just conforming to the voices of our generation. The question is, what generation did you grow up in? What culture did you grow up in? What if, though, there was a God who stood outside of culture? A God who was timeless. A God who stood outside of our human opinion, external to this world. And this God spoke to his creation through Jesus. Would you consider his words? Would you consider listening? Jesus is the greater word in our world that we can trust. He is where life and joy and freedom and love is found. And my hope is for all of us, we'll slow down, especially as summer comes around, as our holidays approach. Slow down. Take time to spend time with him. Listen to his words. Trust him.
come before him and trust, enjoying the reconciled, restored relationship with God that we can have because of him. Let's pray. Let's pray for that now. Father, we do come before you asking for forgiveness, asking for your spirit to work in our hearts, helping us to see that there are often voices in our world that we listen to that go against your word. It's so easy, Lord, to listen to our own hearts sometimes, and and sometimes we don't discern what our heart wants, and our heart often wants the things that don't honor you in your name. We pray, Lord, that you will give us a heart of discernment, that your spirit will be at work in our hearts, uh, speaking truth to it, that we will know truth because we spend time in your word with Jesus, that we'll spend time in your word uh, hearing your voice, and Lord, with your voice and with the words of the scriptures and with Christ and the Spirit in our hearts, I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to, 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 to let go of all those uh, voices in our lives that, that tell us to live a life that, that is against you and your glory. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to be a people, a church, a community that, that wants to honor your name, that wants to glorify Jesus. Help us to be a people, Lord, that can see that Jesus is the greater prophet, that he's the greater word that reveals God to us, your goodness to us. Help us to trust him and help us to live by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.